I'm Jamie Kudla, president of Terry Tech Computer Consultants. Thank you for joining me for my podcast, Better, Faster, Stronger, where we help move New York Metro businesses forward with tips on motivation, leadership, management, and innovation. Joining us this week is Bruce Steinfeld, president of Bit by Bit Computer Consultants in New York. How you doing, Bruce? I'm doing well. Is this the comedians in cars having coffee of, of technology companies? <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be funnier. This is going to be okay. funnier. Though. Yeah. Okay. That's a, you know? that's a high bar, but okay. I'll try. <laughs> Seinfeld, not Seinfeld, but all right. That's right. Well, thank you for joining us um, as president of Bit by Bit Computer Consultants in New York. Um, I'd like to give you a little intro beyond that, too. So I got my start in IT uh, over 20 years ago, and my first interview was with, in this industry was with Bruce. And I actually worked for Bit by Bit Computer Consultants. This is late 90s, uh, early 2000s, and uh, did a lot of good things together. Learned a lot from Bruce. Um, and you know, over the years, we, we've kept in touch. And uh, you know, Bruce has a, a larger, more successful business than than Terry Tech. Um, in in so many of the things that I do at Terry Tech, I've, I've learned from Bruce. So you know, you guys are in for a real treat. You know, anyone that's uh, uh, tuning in, not only in the IT space, uh, there's a lot that you can learn here. But uh, Bruce, is, he's done so much over the years and he's grown his business and I've seen him, you know, go through so much and he always comes out, you know, at the other end uh, with a, a better, faster, stronger company. So you guys are going to learn a lot uh, from Bruce today. So with uh, put a lot of pressure on you, Bruce. You know, you, you got to give us some real tips. Well, since you left, it's been all downhill. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I, I, I don't yeah. know if that's true, but thank you for that. No, no, no. Well, um, you know, when you, I started the business, I was young. I, I, I was, I, I worked in one company and then I started, I worked for a company for three years and then I started my company. It was pretty much a, a one-man consulting show. And then I, uh, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So it was always a dream and, and computers and consulting allowed you to do that easily. And then, but the hard part is hiring that first employee. That, that to me, it's, it's, it's harder to go from one to two than, than 20 to 40. Right. Who's your is. first employee? Do you remember? My first employee was I, I actually hired an entry level person who I thought I could train and, and he ended up being my driver because he <laughs> he really couldn't do anything. But then my second employee was fantastic. He was a, he was actually a, an Italian guy from he was from Italy, actually, but he was only over for a few years and um, he was fantastic. He, and, and, and that what, what you realize when you have a really good employee is how much more you can do. So that, and when I when I started the company, the one company I worked for a small um, publicly traded company there in the computer, and I asked the owner of that guy, and I said, "What's the one piece of advice?" And he said, "Hire good people." Hmm. And, and hiring good people is the key, and especially in the service business, but any in any business, and 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 that's, and that you know you don't it's hard to get that right early on, you know, and and we hired you know early on I hired my second employee was fantastic, and then. And then I brought in the salesperson a little bit after that. And then because I'm not a salesperson, although I can help sell, when you go to and when you bring invest in that salesperson, it changes the dynamic because you really have someone focused on on growing your business. Right. When you're running it, you're doing, you know, Jamie, you're doing everything. And, and I think not, not to interrupt you, but I think that you've yeah. done that well. Over the years, you've done that really well. I mean, you've always had a great sales staff and you are always focused on business development and I think you do that that well. I don't want to give any spoilers, you know, if that's something yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about later. Okay. All right, um, good. 
but that is that is uh, uh, something that I've learned from you and something that you've you've done well there. Right. So and then and then so that that you know that's so for us we in the in the early '90s we we been, I started business in the late '80s, in the early '90s. That's when I started hiring people. Worked out of my apartment, moved to an office, and we got into this fax niche. We always we started the company doing application development, right? Mm -hmm. And we still do that today. But we grew it into this fax business, and then basically IT support was a natural progression because you built an application, now you had to support it, right? And that grew into really what became managed services today. And then everything changed, obviously, in the mid '90s to late when the internet came around, and and really, you know, we were we kind of got burned in that business a little bit because we were more on the tech side and we got into burned in which business in the development business yeah development business yeah development business which we still do but it's very niche and, and we, we're very selective about what we do but but um the you know that we've been here through the evolution of the industry right from dos machines yeah. networks to where it is today right with with cloud services and and you know when i started in the business not everyone had a computer on their desk, right? They were started to, you know, but but eventually they did, and 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 that's where it evolved in today. So, you know, like so that's said, a pretty unique uh, perspective that goes over decades. Over decades. So it's interesting. What we do really hasn't changed, right? You know, we help people with their technology. That's what right. we did 30 years ago. Um, how we do it and the tools you've delivered uh, have changed, right? And the way you uh, charge for it has changed and, you know, but the actual essence of what you do hasn't changed. You're helping, and, and you know, even even building applications, the tools are different and they're faster and whatever, but at the end of the day, you, you're getting a requirement and you're building an application, right? You know, so- right, you're meeting a business challenge, right? And you're, you're filling that gap with technology. Right. And the other thing that's interesting that I learned is that while well, you think, you know, think everything's changing day by day and, and, and moving and you go, how am I going to keep up with all this? And yet certain technology doesn't die. So like you can make money today in, in business. If you focus, like, for example, we still sell fax solutions, right? We resell, you know, work with that. And, and, and that's only because that technology doesn't die. And I remember, I remember we did an application for a company and it took five years to migrate them, but, and this was, they, they finally got off their system 36 about two years ago. And this, when I came into business, the system 36 was old. This company was using. <laughs> I don't even know what a system 36 is. <laughs> it's, it's like an IBM mid-range computer. It's not even, it, it was replaced with AS400. But the interesting thing was, and they were paying a guy to maintain that system every year, a lot of money. And eventually we got them, it's probably more like three or four years ago, but. That, I, I'm just saying, on the one hand, technology, like I'll give you an example. My nephew went for a job. He, he's, a, he's a programmer, application developer. And it was COBOL. They were, they were coding in COBOL. Wow, and, it was in, and, and I told him not to take it because, and it looked, it was like a good job. And he ended up not taking, I think he didn't get it. I don't know what happened. But certain but what's the longevity and what's the future there? But to your right. point, technology just does stick around. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, that's, you know, it's techno, but some obviously does die and it's slow and, and, but, but certain systems. So I'm saying there's niche, there's niches out there for everything, you know? Sure. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, aside from, tell me a little bit more about your business, you know, what you guys do, um, you know, different components, you know, the different, uh, 
uh, deliverables, you know, that you guys uh, can deliver from. Yeah. So, so we're, you know, we, we do application development. Um, we're a .NET shop. We have a handful of clients that we support systems that we built. And, and then we built a vertical market product called 3B Exam, which is which is focused in the occupational health space. Mm-hmm. So if you're a if you're a uh, commercial driver, you need to get an exam every two years. You need to get a physical. The government regulated that about five years ago, and and they approved certain um, verticals. So a, a a doctor can do these, a chiropractor, believe it or not, a, a nurse practitioner, and a physician's assistant. They have to get certified, and then they can give these exams. And those exams are physicals for you know just basic physicals. So our software, it's an electronic exam. The doctor does the exam on an iPad. And then it gets uploaded to the government website. So we built that out. My, one of my goals as a company was that we were doing this custom applications. We finally picked one and we built a vertical product out of it, which was a goal of mine, which I wish I did it earlier. You know, there were a lot of, op- and it's still opportunities to do it's, that. It's hard to pick, you know, one that, you know, it's going to have longevity and one that's going to be, you know, yeah. uh, widely adapted and, you know, yes. so it sounds easy, right? But to it's very, find- very hard. And and you know what? You need a sales effort around it. Like unless you unless you invented something very unique, you know that like everyone has to have. You need a, you need sales and marketing. And right. that's the other thing I learned when when I started the business. Marketing was like, what's that? Marketing is like Coke and Pepsi do marketing. You know, bit by bit doesn't do marketing. But that was 100% wrong. You need marketing. You do great marketing. You know, I, I've seen it. You know, you're doing this, right? What you're doing, right. this podcast. Well, that's right. we got to slow this here. Yeah, you're you're doing it, and that's great. You know, you have to do marketing. Company people have to. And in some ways, it's easier today with social media and everything. You know, and, and not, marketing was tougher, but but marketing to have a product without marketing, you might as well not have it, right? So so. And yeah, they and, see. I mean, so anyway, you could you could have the best product in the world, and if nobody knows about it, you know, then it's meaningless. Unless, unless so you, you have to market. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So, so we do application development, and then and then we have this fax fax we, uh, business where we support these fax infrastructure, uh, and then we support we resell it, and then really the the crux of the business is man what we call managed services. Mm-hmm. So. So in what we do, just like, you know, it evolved. We were doing IT support. This is what you did when you were for bit by bit, right? And that, that just matured into what became what we call managed IT services, which is a much better business model for companies like ours, ours and yours, where we manage the IT infrastructure for our clients. And it's an all-you-can-eat, all you, you know, for a fixed price, right? So the clients are no longer billed hourly. Everything's included. And you're proactive about managing their stuff. So what does that mean, right? That means that if I have a, a, a business, right, and I heavily rely on my computers, I rely on email, I rely on communications, I rely on the internet, I may have servers in my office, I may have applications I run, and as uh, our job is to make sure those things are up and running 24/7, and it's a 24/7 business, right? Um, and you know, and there are different iterations of that where stuff is in the cloud now, and maybe we have a data center, maybe in our data center, it may be local. Um, but at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. We're at, we're we're outsourced IT. We provide a um, service for our clients, and yeah, that, that's and even that has changed, right? Uh, the biggest change being cybersecurity now. 
So where, you know, five years ago, okay, people were talking about it, but it wasn't quite a thing yet. So like you said, even managed services, although it hasn't really changed that much, there's different components that you've added on things that you have to address. So although you're delivering the same, you know, core deliverable, there are new things that you got to add on, something different. Yeah. It's always evolving. It's always about, and so I remember when the internet first started, the bank said, you will never do banking online. We will never have it. It's never going to be. <laughs> they were like, it's ne never going to bank online. No way. It's not secure. And could you imagine not banking online today? Yeah, right. I mean, you could do it on your cell phone walking down the street, right? Yeah, so it's crazy. It. They said it's never going to And And so you're right. The, the next step, you know, the, the you know, people don't steal cars anymore, right? You know, that's what that's what I heard. Like, I guess they do, but in New York City, they don't steal cars. Like, I I, I was, was talking to someone, they said, yeah, they don't steal cars, at least in Manhattan. But the cyber crimes, it's it's all day long. You know? Yeah, a lot, lot more money to be made there, and you can do a lot it more, and a lot easier, and it's a lot yeah, easier. And a lot easier. That's and right. Harder to get caught. Yeah. So. So you're right. Cybersecurity, you know, that's the biggest thing in in what companies face, right? With everyone, especially with everyone working remote now, um, the t you do have, you know, as as an MSP, right? As a, as a managed service IT provider, you have to protect your clients, right. right? You have to protect them almost against themselves, right? They they you know they'll take risks that they don't know that's about. Part of it, the education component. Right. Is training is very important for our clients um having the right endpoint protection and then and then what we decided to do is um even though i'm an entrepreneur we, we we're partnering with a company to provide the managed detection and response so so and and so what that means is we're a 24 7 company and we support your it infrastructure we make sure stuff is up but we're not watching the event logs minute by minute to see if someone's trying to hack in or, or looking for abnormal behavior and that's a specialty right and those right those tools can be pretty complex um and you have to have a, a very specialized skill set to know what you're doing so almost worse than than not having the tool um is having the tool and in, in not being trained in it because you really don't know if you're using it correctly that's right which is that's why right. in a lot of instances it does make sense to outsource that stuff right so you know the, the the key thing behind what these companies do, use who who are in that business they use a sim s-i-e-m right yeah. and and they some of them have a custom one some buy off the shelf some you know and they, and that that basically takes all the event logs from all the stuff that you manage and and it puts them into a database and looks for abnormal behavior but you have to you have to be able to understand that stuff. And so you can't just buy the, the SIM, plug it in, and then you're in business, you know? You, you can't really come, need expertise. You can't show up uh, to your job at eight o'clock in the morning and say, all right, let me start looking through some logs here and uh, right, yeah, right. he's trying to hack in. Doesn't yeah. work. So, so we partner with a company that does that. And then, and, and as a matter of fact, um, we're doing a seminar with them uh, this week, tomorrow. But um, anyway, th that, so the tricky part for us as a business is, you know, I don't know, I know we're in the same similar business, same business. The, your clients have different level of understanding of what you do, right? You know, I actually tell my clients, you, you're in no position to tell us how good of a job we're doing. <laughs> right. Sometimes they make decisions in a vacuum or, or, you know, they're trying to understand what we do in a vacuum because they don't know what they don't know. And it's not because they're bad people. They focus on they're what right. they do, but, but it is right. difficult. And no, it's it's kind of like I don't know anything about cars. They take my car to a mechanic and he can fix it, and and I don't know any, you know, and he 
And the same here, listen, if your system's up and running, then maybe we're doing a good job, but we're not checking your backups, right? Or we're not um, making sure that you have um, endpoint protection, or we're not, so we're maybe getting away with that, right? But you don't, they don't know that. And right. so, so that's what I mean, and, and until something happens, and then they know, but, but the point is, is they don't always know. I think, you know, they, I'm kind of exaggerating. They have, they have a sense for it, but you have to, you have to explain to them and you have to share what you're doing with that, That's what right. you're doing for them. That's right. By regularly meeting with them. This is something I know you do and, and keeping in touch with them. So it's, it's, even though like some of our clients say, if I never see you again, then you're doing a good job. Right. And that's partially true because you have to see them because you have to educate them on things and, and, and yeah, security. But you got to tell them where they are. You got to tell them any of their exposures, where they want to be in three months, where they need to be in 18 months, find out what's going on in the business. Yeah. So there is some truth to, you know, if they never see you and never have to talk to you, then things are great. Right. But it's not a hundred percent true. That's not, that's not realistic, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a hundred percent true, but, but yeah, I, you're right. You're right. So, so that's, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, security is a big part of it. Um, yeah, so so we have those part, and 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 for us to manage uh, IT services ha has really has really grown in the last three years, and and it continues to continues to grow, and I think what happened with the virus recently, not not all our clients were set up to work from home, but most were, and that created a whole nother level, and 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 I do think I that you know it's going to continue to evolve, right? This industry, yep. it will continue to evolve. So keeping in the format of the, the podcast, Better, Faster, Stronger, um, we could probably talk for hours. Um, I, I, yes. and, and we have. But, you know, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. You know, what have you done that has made uh, bit by bit better and faster and stronger? Um, you know, we'll do them one at a time. So, you know, in a, okay. in a career and a business that spans, you know, 30 plus years, uh, probably pretty difficult to pick one, you know, for each of those. But um you know why don't we start with the first question you know can you describe something in your business that has made your company better yeah um i i think the way we hire people is better so when you when you're first starting out you matter of fact i think it's changed i think when i first started out people didn't want to work for a small company they wanted to work for big companies and i think that's come full circle where people prefer to work for smaller companies now and that's worked to our advantage. So I think you get a, a better skill set. Um, I think we're better. We, you know, it's not just me interviewing someone. We have a, a bunch of people interviewing people, uh, interviewing the candidates, and then we do multiple interviews, and we really try to vet our potential employees. And it's and it's it's what's been. I think the proof for us is that we've had a, a good re employee retention at our company. So we have at least I think the average retention is at least five years. And we have wow, people that's, here that's impressive. That's great. Right. right. And and so the second and 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 I think you have to have a career path in the company, right? So if I and, and listen, some people want to start on a help desk and, and they want to do that, right? That's what they want to do. That's fine. You know, and you can do that at our company. But if you want to grow and you want to be maybe a field engineer or you want to evolve your skill set and be what we call a level three engineer, you can do that. So you can grow that. You have to have, I think, a somewhat of a career path. And then within that, what what I think there comes a point in the business where it's very flat. You have the owner, and then you have maybe you got too many direct reports. So what 
one of the things I happen to have four partners. There's five partners in the business. I'm I'm the majority owner, but we have we have I have four partners, and then underneath them, there's four really strong managers. So we have a management team of nine people that's really, really, and in the different, in the right places that makes our company pretty well-rounded. And all those people, I feel very, they're very, very strong. And two of them actually came from clients that were in a non-competing business that were, uh, that, that have really, really, I got to know them. I mean, and that's, that's the thing when, when you're hiring, right? One thing I think, listen, you can't always hire people, you know, right? <laughs> right? And I happen to have a lot of friends and family in the business, and that's work for the most part. But hiring people who come as references, even you, Jamie, listen, when you started, you came as a reference, right? Yeah, right. Uh, and right. a story, you know, just a story behind that for the people that are listening. So, you know, one of my friends from college uh, was an early on employee of Bit by Bit, Jim uh, is his name, and Jim's still working there. So you know, just, a, just a quick story. I sat across the table from Bruce. I said, hey, Bruce, I don't know anything about computers. I don't know anything about IT. And he said, ah, you seem like a nice guy and you're Jim's friend. It was, <laughs> it was a little bit more than that, but not too much. He gave me a chance. But, you know, to your point, to your point though, yeah. you know, I mean, it's it's that that personal connection. And if you do have the luxury of, of being introduced to somebody and kind of knowing somebody, what does that make a big difference? Absolutely. It makes a big difference because, you know, when you first hire someone, you don't know anything, right? You don't know anything about them. And, and. If you come at least with a reference, that's that's a big changer. So, and and I mean, I'm that that's one thing. You had an indirect relationship, but I we had three hires. So our in our management team, I our VP of sales we hired five years ago. He's a guy I knew for 25 years. He he was a sales manager, and um in in the healthcare industry, and he wanted the career change, and we really needed a sales manager, and we never had one. I did it. I I was I'm not a sales manager. And that's been big for us. He came in. He's he's really done a great job. And then the two other people we have our help desk manager. She worked for a client. She was technical. She she w- didn't do that for the client. And then and then our one of our tech managers very worked it for one of our clients also. He was in a business that that business kind of was shutting down, and he, and he wanted to come on this side and be a consultant. So having the people and taking time, you know, the, the old saying. Hire slowly, fire quickly. That that's, that's very very true. Yeah, and it doesn't always work that way either. When you're hiring, it seems to you know. So you may have people um, that you know, and you know you've uh, um, cultivated relationships over the years. But you know you're looking for somebody in a, in that moment. That person may not be looking at that point. You know, so it, it could be very difficult. So yeah, timing is everything. Yeah, timing can be tough. But I mean, you've been doing it for so long, and you do have these great relationships. That I guess you know over time, you know, if you know enough people, it, it it starts to line up. But if you start that day, you know, to try and find somebody, you know, for a position that's open, it's going to be tough, you know. And you're yeah. certainly not going to uh, be afforded the luxury of of maybe knowing that person or getting a, a referral right. to somebody. Right. But but it's good. So it's good to always be, you know, you should always be looking to hire people, right? Right. right. Even even if you know, and, and someone said you if you hire good people, you could find a place for them. For the most part, that's not always, but I, I found that to be true. And we've done that too. Certainly, you know, you see somebody with the skill set that comes through. That maybe in that moment you don't know they're not exactly who you're looking for, but but you bring that person into your organization. And every time that I've done that, exactly to your point, they've fallen into a position that that works out well for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 keep it. You know, you want to keep in touch with as many people as you can. Networking is important. I mean, one one of the people that works at Tripit by Bit, he 
we, we bought his business in 2009 and he left, but we kept in touch and they came back. And then that, that 3B example is, is he basically runs it. You know, he's the, he, he basically runs that. He was looking for to do something and he's great. He was the perfect guy for that business. So, so you have to keep in, you know, if you meet, you know, someone said they like he used to go to like a uh, restaurant, and they, and 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 the waitress was so good they hired her, right, as a salesperson. So I, I think that's true. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Think, yeah. yeah. You want to hear something funny? So uh, this is a guy that I used to work with years ago, and he ran in tons of restaurants. He was very successful. Um, and one time we were having a conversation similar to this about hiring and that kind of thing, and he said, "This I thought this was such great, uh, great advice." I said, "You know, what do you look for when you're hiring and that kind of thing?" for wait staff, he goes, so I'll sit on the other side of the restaurant and he'll watch the people walk in. He goes, almost always the person that I hire to work for me in the restaurant is a person that walks fast. <laughs> you can see him walk across, you know? So I think the way that you do one thing is the way that you do everything. So it's not, it doesn't mean that you want somebody that's gonna be running around, but I mean, they're just efficient and they wanna get things done. And I think it says a lot. Well, I'll tell you one question I like to ask on an interview, and I don't even know if we used to ask it, maybe, and I don't even, you know, even supposed to ask this anymore is, and this is for someone who's technical, is describe your home network. I guess the same question. That's, right? So that's a great question because if a person says, well, I don't, you know, I share a computer with my mom, you know. I got a, I got a Fios router and some wireless. Right. And then you have a guy, and, and one of our managers, I remember he was he would hire him for the help desk, and he said, yeah, I got this network, and I got this, I got 20 monitors, I got I got routers, and I, I got, got a VMware installation, you know, a couple active directories, you know, that tells me everything. Right. And he had this, you know, and, and, and what that told me, he really is into the technology, and that's ultimately, right, first of all, those people love what they do, which is always important, and then they can- They're always learning. They're always learning and they can help drive your company forward. So if you get someone who's genuinely interested, if, if they want it as just as a job, you know, that's that's not always, listen, even those people sometimes are okay because if they show up on time and do their job, that's one thing. But the people who genuinely love the, the technology and love what they do, those are the best people to hire because, and what tells you more than that? Describe the home network, right? And and then you can find it out in a conversation, but not always. So just to, to summarize, you know, some of the tips that you gave me for better, um, it, it comes down to hiring and having a good hiring process um, to always be looking. Um, a career path is so important so that people can grow and advance in your company because if they're, I mean, obviously if they're delivering good things for your company, that's one thing, but you also need to be able to produce value for them too. It has to be a mutual relationship. Yeah. Um, having a, a strong management team has worked out for you and to always be looking um, you know, the yeah. importance of, you know, if you can get a referral, you know, if you, somebody that knows the, the person um, and, and can put their resume across your desk, that, that really helps. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the next question. Uh, can you describe something, uh, an innovation, a process, a system, or something that makes your company faster? And it doesn't have to be now. It could be something that you've done over the years or, you know, something that you could share with the listeners. Something that makes us faster. Um, well, I think I don't know about faster, but one thing we've been pretty good at is is kind of you know the next big thing being a little, maybe always haven't taken advantage of it as much as we could have, but being a, a you know like for example, we had a data center very early on, right? And 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 now it's probably people don't want data centers, right? 
we were, you know, we were doing stuff with Exchange and hosting email early on. And, and I think we've adopted, early adopters of some technologies has made us a little bit, you know, um, ahead of the curve a little bit. And I think that helps. You can't be too ahead of the curve because then you you don't know how things are going to play sometimes out. It might not be totally proven, right? Yeah, not totally, totally proven. Right. And, and listen, and sometimes you make mistakes, so you, you might pick something. But I think we've been able to stay ahead of the curve as as much as possible. Even even transitioning the business from a traditional uh, block of hour hourly billing business. That, that's what IT was, right? You you would just bill hourly or blocks right. to to an MSP. I think we adopted that early, you know. Um, and I, I think that that being looking at, at looking at kind of at the landscape and and doing that before everyone, I think has helped us stay ahead of our competition, so to speak. Um, I think. How, how do you know when you're um, when it's okay? I mean, I got to believe some of it's just got some of its instinct, like it's been around. I mean, you've been doing this long enough, and you can tell something's a fad or something is really a trend, yeah. or if there's a company that is, you know, uh, uh, unproven, you know, at, at what point do you say, okay, we're going to, we're going to really run with this because it, we've, we've kind of vetted it out. Yeah. You know, you know I, sometimes, actually, sometimes your clients actually tell you, right? Like someone, if you actually, sometimes your clients are looking for something and doing something, you know, and maybe it's a new client, you know, for like, like, for example, this was a while ago, um, we switched to firewall we were supporting because one of our clients was, was using this firewall and we're we're now a 40 Fortinet shop and we really liked it and we were we were different and, and we said you know what this is way better this is better for us it's better for the client so we we switched now that maybe i'm not ahead of the curve but we were that product has really matured and i think it's for msps it's probably the number one product so and we were in it a little earlier so so i think you, you do look at what your clients want right mm -hmm. you have to really look at what your clients want and then I think we have been creative about coming up with those solutions for the clients, I, I, I think, uh, maybe before others. Um, it's one thing One thing that's, that's harder, I think, in this business, it's not your question, but is that there are so many moving parts in what we do, right? Right, Jamie, we're in the same business. So there are so many moving parts. The challenge for us is to make them less moving parts and standardize on stuff. And then, but that's challenging when you bring on new clients too. So, so I think that part of it, I don't know if we fully figured that out yet, but, but I think. But you have a tool stack. I mean, you have um, a set of we things you normally deliver, you know, that yeah. probably 85, 90% of what you do at all of your clients is, is basically the same, you know? Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. And, and, and before you, you're, you're not just trading those things out, those core components, you're not just trading them out as new products and ideas come to market yeah. and you let it sit for a while and, and you, you know over time you can start to make changes yes yes sorry yeah 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 so i i think we we also one of the things we've done for better or worse we we built our own um uh, internet so because you know a lot of people buy off-the-shelf psas right and and we built our own i think it has its pluses and minuses we're able to customize our business a little bit more for us because we have that skill set um and maybe it doesn't do everything some of these other things do, but it does what we want. So I, I think that helps us out. Um, and I, I one thing, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that that's, I think that I think. So even in in, in my business and having known you for so long and and still having a relationship with Jim uh, and your company, 
um, you know, over the years, you know, I think we trade notes a little bit too. And I think that that's part of it too. So I wait for you guys to try it out and then tell me it's good. You know? well, <laughs> and there's, there is some truth to that, and, but I'm giving you a compliment here because I do think that you vet your products well. Um, and I think that you have, you know, just a, a ton of experience and a ton of knowledge and, and uh, skill in your company that allows you to do that. Um, you know, and, and, yeah, yeah. And, and I'll tell you what also helps peer groups. So, you know, one of our, one, one of our, my partners, Rob Bello, has built his business by his relationships in, within the industry. So, so he he's been in peer in in the Trustex Alliance, which used to be, and, and he was the head of the chapter. And he's got a very close network of people who all do very similar things to us. And that networking has really, really helped us a lot. And I know you're in a peer group. Yeah, it's uh, important. Our VP of sales is in a peer group. So, so, and, and it's kind of a friendly competition. It's such a big industry. I, like, for example, we're both, even though you're in Westchester, we're in Manhattan, we could, we never run into each other, ever. Right. Don't, never. We never have. And, and it's not, you know, we're 30 miles away from each other. Right. So, so peer groups are very, very important, I think, in any industry. And if I was in, you know, if anyone who's non-IT, join a peer group. If you're a lawyer, even if you're not in IT, exactly. Uh, yeah, any, group, having think, been in one for so many years, I would agree with that, 100%. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I think peer group, and, and listen, networking and peer groups are things that when I started, I never did. You know, I never thought to do. But be, I'm, in, I'm in Vistage. I'm in a networking group. And and then a lot of people in bit by bit, my company are in peer groups. Yep. So, and having been in in this industry for so long, um, first of all, you have to adapt, right? Um, so yeah. you're going to have to adapt, or you're going to die in this industry. But I think that you have done it. You have to do it by definition. But I think you have done it faster, and you are always out ahead of the curve. You know, um, and I think that it creates opportunities. You know, because it changes all the time, you know, good or bad, there's things that are surfacing and it, I've seen it firsthand that it has created opportunities for you and your company. Yeah. Uh, and being I, an early adopter and doing it fast. Yeah. And, and like I said, sometimes you pick one and you, you may not be successful for the most part. If you, you have to do it. You this, you know, we're not and I don't know anything about this. We're not an HVAC company and, and maybe the, I'm sure that business evolved too. But the point is. You know, the, our, our business, and that's what makes it challenging. It's changing. I feel, you feel like it's passing you by. Yeah, the certain tech, like what I said earlier, do not die. You know, right. people still send faxes. People still, um, people, still know, people, email. people still have firewalls, right? People still printing, right? There's probably more printing going on today than ever. What, you're still printing documents, right? You know, that's right. you know, and, and all that stuff. So, so you need printers, right? It, right. There, there are companies that, they're MFP companies, and they—they—that's they, the, they, all they do, right? They fix printers, and they—and and they're doing very well. Yeah, so, they're still doing well. Great. Yep. Yeah. Um, moving on, and again, you've been in business for so long, and I'm certain that you've made—you know—everyone's made mistakes, and, and not even that you've made mistakes, but I'm certain that you've learned things along the way that has made your company stronger. Say, oh, we're not going to do it that way anymore. Um, you know, this is what happened when we did it this way, or, you know, hey, we have a, a way that we can get past these kinds of problems that we've been experiencing in our business. You know, is there something that you could share in that regard, something that you've done that's made your company stronger? Well, well, the biggest change we did is, I, I would say, I, I started this in 1987. Up, I'd say from 1987, even all the way up to 2000, we grew pretty quickly, but I had no idea what I was doing, I'll be honest, because we, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. 
2000 was a long time ago. So you've had 20 years of knowing what you're doing. That's, that's still pretty. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't really didn't know how to hire. I didn't know how to fire, right? And what happened was, so you, we grew in spite of ourselves, but we and we were more of a project company. So we went project to project. And then we had this a certain amount of support business. And then we really focused. So that business model changed and the industry did help pushing along for, from from a one-time sale, right, to a recurring business model. Now you can't do this in every business, but this our our industry screams of it, right? Everything has adopted the, the recurring revenue model. Right. And for me, that was the biggest change. So so that while sales is important, if you didn't get a sale this month, you, you were still you, your doors were still open, you know? That's right. And that, <laughs> and that that has been a huge shift. And, and listen, it's happening in all industries, not just IT. IT, I think, was the first one, you know. I would agree. You see it everywhere. Even, you know, the guy that's recurring Doctor. vacuum cleaners, you know, they they, they yeah. want some kind of recurring maintenance. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, even doc, doctors, I think, you can, you know, pay a monthly fee and you go to your doctor whatever you want. You know, they're, they're, it's so so I think that shift and that for us happened like 15 years ago. We were really focused on the recurring revenue. and. And there's a lot of that. Yeah, listen, you have to bring the value to your client. So you can't do it. And you, you could do it maybe for one year, but you have to constantly bring that value. And, and we see that we see that too. And it's not just in the IT company, just because you know more than the person that's out there. And because you're charging a, a recurring uh, fee for your services doesn't make you a viable business, doesn't make you a good business. And no. we see that. And it's not just in IT, it's all across the board. So yeah. to your point, you have to bring value to the client. <laughs> You have to bring value. If you're not bringing value, you're not going to last. Um, you know, with, to, to build on that too, I think that if you have the right uh, client, if you have the right clients, if you have the right team, if you have the right product and you're charging enough money, you can bring exponential value as opposed to the person that just started doing this. So you've been doing it for 20 years. The value right. that somebody can get from a company like yours, a mature company with a great business model that knows what they're doing, just think of all the value that you bring with your whole team, all your products and services. Somebody that's just getting started in this can't possibly compete with it. They can't possibly bring that same amount of value. Yeah. And listen, and this industry, what we're in, is an. In, it, it, I will I'll be honest, it's a very industry to get started even today, right? You can, you're an IT guy, you can quit your job and you could pick up a couple of clients. Now, I think they can't compete with companies like ours, you know, and I think you've done an unbelievable job. I've learned, listen, I, our conversations I've had with you, I've learned, you know, I've learned some of the things you're doing and, and it's great. You know, I, you know, I'm, I think it's the business you've built is fantastic. And, and I think, you know, a one man show, you could outsell them all day long. Right. But right. there's, listen, there's certain businesses out there that would take a one man show. Right, they would, and honestly, those are clients that me and you don't want. That's right, <laughs> because they don't see the value, and that's the thing. And and I, I think that's one of the things I've learned, and this is the hardest thing to learn. So especially when your business had ups and downs and whatever, is that not all business is good business, right? And and you, you, I, I, think, know we've, you know. I think we've all learned that the hard way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but when you start, you know, and you're, and you you think all business, all business is good business. At least I did. I'll tell you, you know, that was the hardest lesson to learn because it's not. And you learn it the hard way because you just have to have a couple of. Early you know. on, somebody told me once, they said, when I was just getting started, he said, I'm going to give you a piece of advice. He said, never take on a, a, a piece of business just for the sake of making a quick buck or making some money. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure I've done that, you know, over the years. Yeah. But yeah, we've all done it. But you know, again, to your point, not all business is good business. 
not all business is good business and and you learn that the hard way and and and, and sometimes you know and, and it's not good for them when it's not you know if, if it's not good for you it's generally not good for them and if it's good for them and not you that doesn't work either or the other way around so so um that that's that's a hard lesson to learn but something that that every everyone has to learn it eventually or you'll just be a very status quo business you know yeah and in you know company your size and your maturity i'm certain that when you're talking to potential new clients uh on some level you're also interviewing them you know they're interviewing yes. you to make sure that you can do what you say that you can do and support their network and moving forward with technology but you need somebody that is going to meet you and is going to be engaged um and, and sees the value of your services and and so there's something else we do which which i think it's just because i believe in this we we don't make you sign long-term contracts so a, a lot of people in our industry make the client sign a three-year contract or even a one-year we'll we'll do it if the client wants it but we do month-to-month -month contracts with a 60-day out because i believe first we never want to hold your clients hostage and and what are you uh, holding them to that one-year contract especially if it's not a lot of money it's just not worth it so so I, I don't believe in that, and I believe I really do believe you got to earn their business every month, and 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 listen, that's worked. It's really worked. There's some other things that are good about it, you know, from just a, a business perspective, but um, you know, I I think for us that's actually worked out. Now we we do have clients with longer term contracts generally because they want them, but but and there are cases where if we're laying out money, we do it, but for the most part, that's that's what we do. Right, you don't want a client that's not going to be happy with you because it's also going to wear your team down. They're not going to want to work. Oh, yeah. it's be, you it's have to be low culture, the relationship with that client. People are not going to want to work with them, and it's just going to, you know, it's just better to end it. It's better to end it, and and you don't, you know, if you get the critical mass and you have so many clients, you shouldn't, and you shouldn't be relying on one client, and and losing any individual client shouldn't really hurt your business. So. So if that client's not a fit and they're really doing damage to your employees' morale, you have to you have to either something has to change. Either either you know, something sometimes in the client though it's, it could be an individual person on the other side, right? It could be their culture, their culture. You can't overcome that. Right. A, a person on the other side, you can't overcome. Um, but you do sometimes have, a process. Sometimes a process, or, or you know, just kind of resetting the expectation because you can't salvage it. You can't fix those relationships. Not yeah. always, but you can. Sometimes it's technology. Sometimes they might have old technology. They haven't upgraded it, and that's why it's challenging. But for the most part, you're right. You you it's you have to have a good relationship. It is a, a a very two way relationship, and and you you like you said, you're interviewing them. I think that's the way you put it. They agree. Well, thank you for the information that you shared on making your company better, faster, stronger. Like I said, you and I have had these conversations over the years, and and you know, add a yeah. couple more beers till we could go on for, for another three, four hours. Well, I think I think you might want to listen to a four-hour talk between me and you. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's lots of people that would want that. This is hour three now, and we'll, we'll keep going. That's right. Um, one question that I like to ask, you know, just at the end of it, you know, if you could go back 30 years or, or how 1987 when you were, you were just starting your business. And you could share one piece of, you know, Bruce in 19 to uh, with Bruce in 1987. What would that one piece of business be? So, so besides so one piece of advice, would you give? Uh, would you give to Bruce? So buy Microsoft stock in Microsoft and just hold yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that. that's a good one. <laughs> no, 
I think, um, let me think about that. So what would I do differently? Um, I mean, obviously a lot of the lessons I learned, I, I, I wouldn't learn them the hard way, right? You know, so, so the, the whole thing about hiring quickly, you know, hiring slowly, I think I would probably adhere to that sooner, you know, and, 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 and but, but looking back, I, I think I would um, maybe trust myself more earlier, and 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 and, and I, I think I had some good ideas. And also, I, I think also it's important to be your own business. So I think I think especially when the internet was coming around big, I think I looked at some other successful internet companies, and I said we want to be that. And but that wasn't right. who I was, and I think that cost us a little bit. So we, we made some investments in, in, in the whole dot-com thing that really weren't the way we did business. I saw some other successful business and I think that hurt. And and so I think you have to know who you are, right? And and stay within that and be your own company. Obviously do peer groups and learn all that, but I think that's important to to kind of stay, stay the stay the course. You know, I, I will I will say one thing I, I that I and, and this this is kind of not your question, but I, I will we could leave on this is that one thing I really like about just being in business is it's seeing opportunities and, and taking advantage of them as they come along. So I think we've done that pretty good. Um where you know, where where um you know we met some other businesses and, and we were involved in some other businesses early on and we've we've kind of built some other things. So I, th I think being an entrepreneur and keeping your eyes open and looking for opportunities ha has been something that everyone should be doing in any industry. Always be looking, right? Always, right. Be, looking, always be looking. So, yeah. Well, Bruce, thank you so much. Thanks thank for all you. the information that you've shared. And thank you for uh, the tips that you shared on making your company better and faster and stronger. And uh, best of luck. I know that you're going to continue on. You're going to get past this uh, COVID landscape. You're going to be thriving uh, on the other end of it. And uh, yeah, again, best of luck. And I'm sure you're going to continue on successful for the next 30 plus years. Thank you, Jamie. Very good talking to you. And I wish you much success. And, and it's good to see you doing so well. Thank you. Thanks.